The Los Angeles Chargers should be much better in 2022 after the wildest offseason that we have seen covering the team, but has the hype gone too far? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're headed into a fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from but it's fan friday and we're happy to give the show back to you guys today and put your spin on it and it starts with a question about if the hype has gone too far on the chargers they're always a hype team they're a dark horse team it feels more real this year but the other hype i think was around brandon staley and we are the hype train conductors for brandon staley so what are the chances he could win coach of the year we'll talk about his odds there and then we'll also get into if the chargers are potentially too old bringing in some more older free agents after it's bit them in the butt in the past and we'll also get into stealing a player from the afc west but you have to trade back a starter at that position in return but it starts david with fan mail friday so what's the first question we have today that's right. That's right. Fan Mel Friday here. And the first question is from Dylan Kirkpatrick here. And he says, are you guys at all nervous seeing this much preseason hype around the bolts? I keep seeing them in top five lists and top 10 power rankings. And it's making me a little anxious. It's tough to live up to all the hype. And hey, I totally understand that. I get it. The Chargers are a sexy pick. They're a hot pick. But there's reasonings behind that. And it's because the Chargers have legitimate depth now. They have always had pretty good top-end talent, Daniel, but now it seems like they have the depth at most positions to where you look at this roster and you feel really good about pretty much every single position group that you're looking at on this team, and I think the experts on the outside, they can see that. There's definitely more national media attention around the Chargers. I mean, there's more people talking about them as true contenders, which I think is a big step and I think tells you how much people think the Chargers improved, and it's a team like we know who, you know, was one play away from being in the playoffs last year. So they're not coming very far to have to make it to the playoffs. They should absolutely do that, especially with how much the defensive side of the roster has turned around. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me, David, is I don't think the hype's too far. I mean, I I, I don't at all. I mean, pro football focus in their latest power rankings has them fifth. ESPN has them seventh. NFL.com ninth. Pro football talk second. So like it is all over the place. Consensus top 10 team right now, but when I look at that, I don't think the hype's gone too far because they have the pieces to do it, even though they weren't a playoff team last year because of all the guys they brought in. The biggest thing now is there's no excuses, yeah. right? You can look back to last year and you can say, hey, there was a terrible defense. We didn't have the players. I buy that. You know what I mean? We all saw how bad that defense was, and we all saw even with that defense, the Chargers still almost made it to the playoffs. Miraculously. Yeah. But at the same time, you have all the guys you need now, Brain Staley, right, on the defensive side of the ball. The Chargers have a more complete roster. They have better depth than they've had in years past. So for me, David, that's the biggest thing. There's no more excuses now. I think the hype is for real, but I do think that you have to still go out there and live up to it. There's no question about it. I, I mean, the, the Chargers are loaded with talent, but talent without action about, you know, a- actionality behind it, 
means nothing. You know, you, you know, having potential is great, but if you don't put the hard work behind the potential, then it means nothing. So the, the Chargers have a great assembly of talent. They have what looks to be one of the best rosters in, in the NFL, but they need to take that talent. They need to marry it together with the correct chemistry, the right leadership. And I firmly believe in the man who is leading the charge in Brandon Staley. And so I have a lot of confidence that the Chargers are going to be the team that we think they are, but they got to strap it up and go show us because hype means nothing. You got to go out there and prove it. And I think the Chargers will. And I think when you just look at this team in the overall roster and you're looking at the offense and defense, I've said before, I don't think there's a better defensive foursome in the NFL than what the Chargers have with JC Jackson, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. I just don't think it's out there. But the supplementary pieces to me are what make the hype real because you also got Sebastian Joseph Day. You also got Austin Johnson. You brought in a couple of late signings, right, with Kyle Van Noy, with Bryce Callahan, with Morgan Fox, and they never stopped trying to make this roster as good as possible. But there is one big question mark, and it's right tackle, and that is something that I think is a legitimate concern. I also don't think it's going to totally derail the season if everyone stays healthy because that's the second factor is everyone going to stay healthy health has always yes. been one of the biggest storylines unfortunately for the chargers if the chargers stay mostly healthy they're going to be a really really good team and if they're not it's going to be incredibly underwhelming it's going to be an incredible underachievement there's no more excuse now i think the last thing too to me david is always just going to be special teams because special yeah. teams we don't know and we've seen the chargers have a really good defense really good offense terrible special teams have them cost that that cost them a playoff spot I think the special teams would be better. You got an all pro long snapper now. You're trying to upgrade at punter, which, you know, maybe there was some complacency there a little bit with Ty Long, even though he was a great guy and seemed to be one of the team favorites. Yeah. They're trying to upgrade that position. And Dustin Hopkins did bring them some stability last season. So I think there's a, a lot of reason to think that the hype is real. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that part, too. I think the, the biggest question mark that you have when you look at this team is the special teams unit I think you know there are reasons for optimism and and, and I like them bringing in DeAndre Carter as well I think yeah. he's a, a young version of what they had last year with Andre Roberts who <laughs> I thought did a fantastic job a guy who's a little bit better as a punt returner than Andre Roberts was but Andre Roberts was a little bit better as a kick returner but you know we'll, we'll see you know what that element brings but you got a new special teams coordinator in there and so I, I think with that um, they're also trying to you know kind of mess with things or change things up a little bit by bringing in Jalen Guyton to, uh, you know, play gunner and add some speed to that unit. So I like the fact that they're trying to figure out the best combination of guys uh, to improve that special teams unit, because we've seen game after game after game of the Chargers special teams unit completely losing them football games. So they got to get it right. And they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball to that can contribute to that special teams unit. And the guys on the back end of the roster are going to have to be the guys to earn their spot on special teams and be the ones to improve this special teams unit. But the Chargers are in a great position to show everybody that this team is for real. Yeah, I mean, another thing is, too, they fired Darius Winton after one season. Like, there was improvement there, and even that wasn't enough. So they are definitely committed to it. But we do have another Twitter question here that we want to get into, and it's from Chris Saiz, who asks, what are your thoughts in, on the chances of Brandon Staley winning Coach of the Year? So, David, how are you feeling about that right now? Coach of the Year, best coach in the NFL for Brandon Staley in 2022. Yeah, I mean, I think if you were to ask me this question last year, I would have had a harder time answering it just because of all the question marks there is on the defense. But much like the Chargers, uh, you know, as far as a team as, as a whole, he has all the pieces that he needs on his defense now to be able to go out there 
and really play the style of defense he wants. And he already has an offense that was top five in the league last year. And you made some quality additions to that unit. And I like his processes, the way he thinks about things. He has a good feel, but he also trusts the analytics. And I'm a big believer of him as a leader of men. So I think there is a very good chance that he could win. NFL coach of the year this year because all of the pieces if the Chargers are able to stay healthy all the pieces all the stars will have aligned for him he has the best roster that is going to give him the best chance to go out there and win that coach of the year award I mean I think he has pretty good chances I'm not I mean it's still one out of 32 not every yeah, thirty two sure. is gonna have a chance but that's a hard thing to do that's like winning the MVP for a quarterback is. right yeah. there's a lot of other good quarterbacks out there it's the same there thing is. with the head coaches and there's a lot of different things that go into it the one biggest thing though is winning, winning. last year Mike Vrabel number one seed in the AFC they went 12 and 5 Kevin Stefanski the year before that 11 and 5 but they improved from 6 and 10 that's the other thing is the Chargers went 9 and 8 last year so they you know if they win five more games that's a pretty big leap yeah. And what they did, and that would be a ridiculous season, right? That's 14 wins. I'm not saying that, but like it's hard to get a bunch, a much, much better record wise than you did last season. I mean, a few games, though, I think is easily attainable because of that roster. John Harbaugh, 14 and 2 in 2019. Matt Nagy, or Matt Nagy, 12 and 4 in 2018. So it's going to be, it's a team award. It always has been. Gotta Chargers win. can't make up a bunch of wins that they didn't have last year, potentially. But the one thing they do have is, hey, if you're one of the best teams in the league, and you weren't a playoff team, you do have that going for you. And I do, we have more to get into. And I think one of the other reasons the Chargers are hyped are from guys like Khalil Mack and the other signings like Calvin and Bryce Callahan, but a lot of those guys are older. So I think it is a fair question what to expect from these older players. And we have a question about that, a voicemail coming up in the next segment, including some expectations for JC Jackson and also Mike Williams, if he can repeat his career best season but Brandon Steely does have the third best odds to win coach of the year according to betonline.net the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast and doesn't sound too bad to me it's still plus 1600 right now $100 wins you $1600 there's a ton of NFL futures out there you can Justin Herbert's way up there in the NFL MVP future betting as well but that's one of the things I love about BetOnline is they have a bunch of fun bets you can choose from they also have live in-game betting where you can change your fortunes in real time and there's so many great things going on right now especially with the stanley cup finals going on we don't have many great huge clutch you know sports performances in front of us now for a while until football really gets going it's a great time to get in on the action with the stanley cup finals but you still have baseball going on you're still gonna have some crazy ufc fights going on you can definitely get on that action at bet online and you can find anything you want, even your favorite Vegas casino game. So make sure you guys check out betonline.net to see all of the great odds, lines, and props that they have available at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David, we talked about the hype for the Chargers, and it is weird seeing the people take the Chargers this seriously. Usually it's more of a cutesy, like, you know, watch out for the Chargers, but now it's more like they have great firmly... uniforms. I'm going to root for the Chargers this year. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just saying, like, I, it seems like they're usually like a sneaky pick. Hey, if this team can, you know, sneak into a wild card game, they're not a They'd team you want to play. Yeah. This year, it feels like the, the hype is more legit and they're more talked about as legitimate contenders. But we do have a question here from Barnaby, a voicemail that I want to get into that maybe has a question mark on some of those offseason additions. Fellas, it's Barnaby from the 805. One thing I'm thinking about is age. So with Callahan and Khalil Mack, both those guys are in their 30s. So are you guys worried about that? Think back to Brian Balaga, who was an amazing right tackle, but age took the best of him. 
I think about Thomas Davis, who was an amazing linebacker, but age really took him to a different level below. And then Chris Harris. I mean, Chris Harris was a thorn in our side for the Chargers for a long time. And then we get him in his 30s. I mean, he was a liability. Are you guys worried that Khalil Mack, Callahan, like that, that those guys are not going to be able to produce at the level that they did their entire career? Let me know. Put my mind at ease. Thanks. Bopped up. I think it's fair. I mean, after you have the Brian Bulaga situation where you really got half a season out of it, right? You also have Russell Okung. Obviously, there was some other external medical stuff there that was just kind of really bad luck. But yes, you do have the Chris Harris Jr. who didn't live up to the hype. Thomas Davis, I mean, had was 35 years old. But also, it was his age 35 season. So it's a little bit different of a conversation. Now, with the guys you're talking about now, Bryce Callahan's 30, Khalil Max 31, Kyle Van Noy is 31 as well. I am very worried about it with Bryce Callahan, right? And that's more of just an injury history situation, too. Exactly. Like it's hard to imagine the injury history is going to get a lot better at this age. I had 30, right? Going over 30, has never right. played in 16 games or a full season. But the other guys, like Cleo Mack, you know, Kyle Van Noy, but Cleo Mack to a larger extent, we've seen pass rushers play very well, David, into their early to mid 30s. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one one guy comes to mind, Von Miller. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's still extremely productive late, you know, later on in his career. I mean, Chandler Jones, a guy who just got a pretty big contract from the Raiders, another example. So I think you look at the positions that these guys play and you say, OK, well, I mean, we've seen several examples of pass rushers still being productive into their later years. So I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, as far as Bryce Callahan is concerned, he's showed us, you know, unfortunately that he's had issues with injuries and staying on the football field. He hasn't played a 16 game season or, you know, now 17 game season yet. So, you know, that is something that we have to worry about. But also, I don't think we're really relying completely on Bryce Callahan. I mean, he's not a guy that if he goes down, you know, the Chargers are going to be in deep trouble. You know, they've built some much better quality depth. They've, you know, drafted a couple more corners. They have a lot of guys in that room that if he does go down, they can make some subtle changes to where it's not going to be that bad. And I feel like if you get 13, 14 games out of Bryce Callahan, then that's pretty much an ex- a reasonable expectation. But yeah, I think you look at the guys, the positions that they play and examples of, you know, similar, you know, guys doing it at their position and having success. So I'm, I'm not super worried. And as far as Khalil Max is concerned, hey, he had six sacks in seven games last year, and he doesn't have an, an injury history uh, as far as losing games. You know, he might have been questionable here and there, but these guys are out there playing football. It's going to it's a dangerous position. It's very all these guys are playing hurt. So, you know, he's still being productive. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, you said, you know, Vaughn Miller, right? I mean, Chandler Jones, think about how big of a deal was made out of him going to the Raiders. Had 10 yeah. and a half sacks last season in his age 31 season. James Harrison, 10 sacks at 31, going back to a different guy. Michael Strahan had 18 and a half sacks as a 32-year-old, right? <laughs> and that's when, you know, the NFL medical stuff wasn't even as good as it is now. So, like, there's lots of examples of guys being able to pass rush well late into their career, and I think, Khalil Mack is that type of player because it's easy to forget that like, yeah, I mean, usually it's the transcendent type of talents that are able to keep playing that late. But like Khalil Mack is that dude like at his best. He is a defensive player of the year type of a player that caliber caliber of player. And I mean, he's one month older than Aaron Donald is. And I don't think anyone's questioning whether Aaron Donald's going to come back and still be a a freak. Right. And that's a different level, different position. But all I'm saying is, I'm not as worried about Khalil Mack and with the other guys, you do have more depth of those positions now where you'd feel 
a little bit better about it. You're not putting all of your eggs in one basket. And I think there's just a lot less of those question marks and a lot more better young players because yeah. the other guys you got weren't that old. These are the players you have under 27, right? Right now, I mean, just your free agents, J.C. Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, those guys are younger. You're getting them right in the prime of their career to mm-hmm. go along with Justin Herbert, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Zion Johnson, Rashawn Slater. I mean, the Chargers have so much young talent. I'm not as worried about those older dudes that they've, they've got a good in, especially mix. for auxiliary roles. But we yeah. do have other questions we got to get into here from Free and Friday because we appreciate you guys getting your voices heard on the show. And this one's from Spag Dreddy, who asks, expectations for J.C. Jackson in his first year with the Chargers, defensive player of the year, top five cornerback. David, what's your expectation for the Chargers' best new corner? Yeah, I mean, looking at J.C. Jackson's career just up to this point, he's a guy that's averaged around five to six interceptions per year with, you know, a lot of those coming in the last two years. He, he had, you know, 17, I think, or, or so in the, in the last two seasons alone. But he's a guy that's going to get his hands on the football, and I, I think he is in the prime of his career as well. So I, I'm going to go 50 tackles. I'm going to go seven interceptions for J.C. Jackson, and I think he's going to have a co- completion percentage allowed of under 50%. I just think that's, you know, what you're going to get from him. That's what he does to take it to the bank. Yeah. I mean, seven interceptions. I wouldn't be surprised if that goes down to like five or something, just because I think there is a gap between him and the rest of the chargers corners. Uh, I mean, that's not saying much considering he's one of the best corners in the league already. I think there's a couple of things here. I mean, defensive player of the year. I mean, I think we probably throw that one out the window, right? Trayvon Diggs had 11 interceptions last year. He didn't win it before that. Xavier Howard had 10, he didn't win it. You did have Stephon Gilmore win it a couple of years ago in a ridiculous, like, generational type of a season. But since the year 2000, only two cornerbacks have done it. It was Stephon Gilmore, and it was Charles Woodson way yeah. back in the 2000s. So, like, it doesn't happen often for that position specifically. I do think J.C. Jackson, though, could be considered a top-five corner in the league because I think he's sure. already about there. And I think that, I mean, I'm just not buying into as much as, like, hey, he's going to totally underperform. Because he was a New England Patriot, I just have faith that Brian Staley will be able to use him in the same way that he used Jalen Ramsey. Maybe not the same results and being the best corner in the league, but in similar fashion. But we do have another expectation kind of a question. It's if Mike Williams can repeat in 2022. This one's when this one is from Alex Schultz, who asks, "Is Mike Williams going to have another great season this year? Will he come back down to earth? Hoping he keeps up the production." David, I'll let you go first. Well, I think you look at the Chargers offense and they didn't really change a whole lot. And like, is there going to be guys that are bringing in that's going to eat into his his, you know, his revenue share of the offense, so to speak? I, I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think you had Jerry Cook that left, but I think Gerald Everett's going to gobble up a lot of those, uh, you know, those targets there. And, you know, there's no reason to expect that he's not going to continue to get opportunities to, you know, get the ball down the football field and, and make big catches because, that's what he does. That's what he's proven to do year after year after year. He's going to be put in positions to make big plays for the Chargers because that's what he does. So I don't think there's any reason to believe that he's going to drop off. I still think he's young. feel like he has good chemistry with Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Herbert trusts Mike, Mike Williams, and the Chargers believe and trust in Mike Williams. So I think he's going to have every opportunity to go out there and continue to make big plays for the Chargers. I don't know if he'll have as good of a season as he did last year. I mean, it was only his second season, I believe, over 1,000 yards, uh, went over 1,100. He also had a better season than Keenan Allen. I could see that flip-flopping back this year. And I think the thing you're not talking, thinking about enough is all this hype around Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton because where are those snaps going to come from? If those guys are really, you know, turning it on like that, are you just going to keep those guys both, you know, transitioning in there at 
the position three, wide receiver three. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it'll be as good. I think, I mean, it was easily his best season. It was one of his healthiest seasons to me. The good thing is, you know what his role is in the offense and how much yeah. more they wanted to force him the ball when Joe Lombardi came in and put made him that dude in this offense. So we know he's going to get the targets and stuff like that, at least for the most part. Most of what he got last year, I would think. I think they'll throw the ball a little less. I think that also plays a little bit of an impact. But for him, it's consistency and it's staying healthy. If he can stay healthy like he did last year, no reason to think he's not going to have another really good season. But the other thing is, is even last season, he had a three-game stretch with six catches. So that's the kind of thing you can do when you're making $20 million per season. So I think you just need more than that in some of those games, and you have to kind of iron out that consistency because that is one of the frustrating things. It's frustrating when he wasn't making $20 million. It's going to be much more frustrating when he is making $20 million. But once again, that doesn't look as bad after seeing what some of those other contracts were around the league. But we have some other really good voicemail or really good fan mail Friday questions, I should say, including what if we stole one player from the AFC West, but we had to trade a starter back at the same position. We'll get into that coming up right after this. Back here on a fan mail Friday and loved all the Twitter questions and YouTube comments and all the different questions that we got for today's fan mail Friday. And you guys can always hit us up at Lockdown LAC or call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. But I want to get into as many of these questions as possible because you guys really came through for us today. So let's get you positively bolted on Twitter who asked, if you were able to trade for one player from each team in the AFC West, who would you who would you poach? <laughs> the caveat is that you would have to send one of our players who starts at the same position. Example, we trade Devontae Adams. We have to send Keenan Allen. So this is a really fun one, David. I had fun with this one. Where would you go if you're stealing an AFC West player? Yeah, I, I like this one, too. I think this was a fun little exercise here. So I'll, I'll start with linebacker. And, and I actually like the, the linebacker from the Chiefs, Nick Bolton. So I am going to trade Kenneth Murray for Nick Bolton, and I, I think that's a, a really good addition for the Chargers, a, a nice young linebacker. Um, as far And then I'm going to go to tight end. I have one from each team of the AFC West. I'm going to trade Gerald Everett for Darren Waller. And the oh. reason why I went with Darren Waller over Travis Kelsey is because Darren Waller is younger, and I feel like I'm going to get more productive years out of him. And then... I'm going to the Broncos, and I'm taking their new right tackle, Billy Turner, and I'm trading away Storm Norton. Goodbye. Thank you very much for my new additions. I mean, I see why you went that way, but I think you left a lot of meat on the bone with this scenario just because, like, I think you, the thought process you used was like, okay, how much am I upgrading at this position, which is obviously a huge factor of it. But you also, I mean, I don't think anyone is saying, you know, Billy Turner and Nick Bolton are two of the best players in the AFC West, right? Right. I went a different direction with it. I mean, I went same kind of the same one with you. I did do tight end Gerald Everett, who I do think is still going to have a really good season. Traded mm-hmm. him for Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's like leading the entire NFL in receiving yards since like 2016. Not just tight ends, like every NFL receiver. Plus, Darren Waller's had some injury issues, especially lately. Give me Travis Kelsey, you know, Hall of Famer already, even at this point in his career. That one's easy to me. This is where I think you went wrong. You went with Nick Bolton on the Chiefs. I'm taking Chris Jones. I, I'll, I'll take Chris Jones for Austin Johnson. Starter for starter. Even if it was, you know, not the same position. Even if you're saying Sebastian Joseph Day, give me Chris Jones, right? Just because, like, that's just a special type of player, a special type of interior pass rush. Let's send away Jerry Tillery and let's take Chris Jones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, I, obviously I would say that, but I don't even I don't think Jerry Tillery is a starter right now. This is the other one. I think this one you're going to kick yourself for. Nazir Adderley 
for Justin Simmons on the Broncos. Give me, I have now an all pro safety okay. instead of Nazir Adderley. I have an all pro tight end instead of, instead of Gerald Everett and then, you know, all pro defensive tackle instead of Austin Johnson. Chargers win the Super Bowl. There we go. That was fun, though. I mean, Over. I definitely get where you're going. I mean, because the gap between Nick Bolton and Kenneth Murray, you know, for sure. Billy Turner and whoever is right tackle, I get it. But I just went, give me the best players, even if I have to sacrifice some dudes I may be high on for the Chargers I feel this you. season. We have another one here. We'll go rapid round a little bit to try to get all these questions in. This one's from Brandon Mitchell, who asks, how many games are y'all going to attend this season? So, David, you're the wild card because you live in Texas. So, how many games are you planning to attend? Because, I mean, with you... It could be away games too, right? That's more of an option when you're living in Texas. So, you know, sometimes yeah. an easier option. Yeah. So the Chargers are going to play the Houston Texans again this season. So, and it's going to be in <laughs> Houston. So I'm going to go to that again. game reluctantly. Um, they better not do what they did last year. I'm going to be a very, very angry, very angry individual. But I'm also going to try to attend one home game this season as well. And whenever I get that hammer dot, I will send it out and uh, let you guys know but that is my plan as of right now obviously things change but i do want to go to at least two games this season yeah i mean i um, i haven't gone to a game in a long time uh i don't i don't think i've been to a los angeles game i don't think i've been to a charger game for the full game you know bought tickets everything like that since they've been in san diego i'm a san diego guy you know that's what i do but i will try to make it to at least two games this season you know, and then the other eight, nine home games, playoffs, you know, I'll do it in the press box. So don't have to worry about it. Amen. No. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next one here, Dave. We have Austin Weber who's asking, if the Chargers make the Super Bowl, nice, great start, what quarterback, in your opinion, would be the best, coolest, or most satisfying for the Chargers to beat? So, David, it's an interesting question because, I mean, a, a few different reasons, but who would you go for, you know, for the Chargers to beat in the Super Bowl? Well, obviously, we're looking at only NFC quarterbacks here. That's what makes Chargers it tough. I think it'd be better, you know, AFC. if it's Joe Burrow or even, yeah. you know, Tua like that. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Right. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, definitely. Hey, beating them en route to the Super Bowl would probably feel just as good. But as far as a quarterback that the Chargers would beat in the Super Bowl, that would feel very, very good to me. I mean, if you asked me a couple of years ago, it's automatically uh, well, actually, you know, he's still in the league, so it's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I hate Tom Brady. Uh, still don't like him. I respect respect him a little bit more now that we kind of know that he's actually a real person and not just a robot. But yeah, come on now. Tom Brady automatic yeah. would love to beat him. It would be the absolute cherry on top of an already, you know, amazing feeling with the Chargers winning a Super Bowl. And I think there's been so much pain against Tom Brady with what the Patriots were able to do, the Chargers, and a few promising playoff runs. You know, we won't get into specifics, but yeah, it'd feel good. I think the only thing is how old he is, right? I mean, I think history books would be like, you'll look back and be like, oh, well, you know, Justin Herbert beat Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was 49 years old, you know? (laughs) But like, so for that reason, I think I'll go Aaron Rodgers, just because you're still the the MVP from last year. And I think it's more like, okay, you took down a legitimate, like that's a really good team to take down, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback to take yeah. down. Tom Brady's a great one too. Dak Pres- Prescott would be on there for me. And it's not even that I don't like Dak Prescott. Like I'm kind of indifferent toward Dak Prescott. I think he's a very good quarterback. Yeah. But just to beat the Cowboys. Like, I mean, oh, everyone yeah. has annoying Cowboy fan friends. Especially like, me. Oh, living my God. in Texas. Yeah, I mean, David has it the worst. But like, I just want to like, 
you know, some of my cowboy fan friends, I mean, all, they're also a lot of times very unrealistic, and now they actually have some really good players, so it makes it worse. Cowboys would be a fun team to beat, but if we're talking quarterbacks, beating Aaron Rodgers, beating Tom Brady, I mean, I don't know if it gets any better than that as far as, like, all-time legacy. The stuff. Cowboys one's a good one because I remember the Chargers beating the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day, and oh, that was it best. was an absolutely wonderful feeling, walking yeah. around Texas with my Chargers gear on loud and proud. <laughs> Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, that, that that's a great feeling. And, like, the Chargers also went the entire, you know, Phil Rivers era without beating Tom Brady, right? The yeah. one time they beat the Patriots, yeah. it was Matt Castle at quarterback. So, like, that's why that one would feel especially good. Yes, uh, Especially earned as well. But either way, a lot of fun quarterbacks to be. I think the, the bigger matchups, though, will be in the AFC, right? Justin yeah. Herbert versus these AFC teams in the playoffs. Let's go to Tom Telesco's burner. Thanks for getting in with us today, Tom. He asks... What are you guys' favorite TV shows currently and of all time? Well, I'm going to start by saying I'm glad I didn't have to rank them because, like, if I had to try to pick Ugh, my five, oh, my God, it would be so, so hard. So, David, give me the right now. Would you currently watching stuff that's still on TV right now and give me your all time? Well, this one is about to go off the air here soon, unfortunately, but it has been one of my favorite shows for quite a long time, and it's Better Call Saul. It's the spinoff. Oh, from Breaking Bad, uh, I think it's just been extremely well done. Has some of the same characters, uh, great acting. It's just it, it's captivating. It's one of Give those shows. It's a little bit quirky, but it's fantastic. I really love it. And then also All American. All American is another show I, I really, just really, watching that, really enjoy. All American. Uh, a lot of good drama, some football mixed in there too. I, I think it's uh, really really good. As far as all time is concerned, here uh, I'm going to take you to two of those picks. One of them is Burn Notice. Burn Notice is a show I watched just religiously when it was out. It was one of my favorites. It's kind of about a burned spy who has to go through a bunch of different scenarios to try to figure out why he was burned. And then another one is Suits. I love those are your all times. Yeah, two of two of my favorite shows of all time. I mean, I have a million I could rattle off to you right now, but those are the two that I think were the most important for me. Really, really love those shows. Yeah. So, I mean. For right now, The Boys is great. Season three is on right now. Amazon Prime. Ozark just wrapped up. Netflix, that's a great one Love right Ozark now. Too. Me and David, one of our guilty pleasures is The Challenge, which yes. you know is on right now. The All-Stars is going on. Yellowstone, also a great show, currently going. Succession, I love. Law and Order SVU, I love. I mean, there's yes. so many good shows on television. Righteous Gemstones is great. Like, There's so many good ones. Those are my right now, all-time, Breaking Bad, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is my favorite show of all time. I've watched yeah. the series multiple, multiple times. I love always sunny in Philadelphia. And then game of Thrones, the office, the wire. And then I had Thrones, to throw family yeah. guy in too, just because I mean, family guy is something. I have another thing I've watched a thousand, a thousand times, go to sleep to it and just know every episode. Kind yeah. Of a, a little bit back of the day one here, back in the day, it just came to my mind. I used to watch with my brothers. No changing mystery it. science theater. 3000. You're going with the weirdest picks, but it's awesome. Dude. I mean, it was the, good show, the, these for sure. crazy guys. I mean, animated characters. I watch old movies and just make fun of. The I just thought it was going to be like, you know, time. the Sopranos or like, you know, some of these like <laughs> prestigiously good shows. You know, I have you, appreciation I mean, it's a, for those too, but, but like, yeah, I like it because it's very you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that that gives people kind of what you are, like a weirdo. Now they know <laughs> how they yeah, can be thanks. like, hey, remember when David said these were his favorite all time shows and it was yeah. Burn Notice and Suits? No, I'm just playing with you. It's so subjective, but there's so much good TV on 
All American, though, I'm two seasons in. That is a good one. Yes. Um, I've been watching that. I just kinda, I'm late to that train. But thank you guys for all the Fan Friday questions. We love getting your guys' opinion on what to talk about. A lot of times bringing up stuff we didn't even think about talking about. So make sure you guys get in on the action. If you want to get your thoughts in on the next show, make sure you go on Twitter at LockdownLAC, and you can ask us questions there. You can also ask us questions in the YouTube comments by subscribing to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. You can also find the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924, and we try to get all the Chargers voicemails that we can onto the show. But thank you guys for listening today. Make sure you guys are also following the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find me and David on social media, posting the show to all of our social media every day. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And you're going to want to make sure you're following because on Monday we're getting into early 53-man roster predictions. So you're not going to want to miss that one. And you can also find us on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page and also at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. But make sure you guys are back with us on Monday to get into some early roster predictions with these training camp days just getting released. But until then, take it easy. And go Bulls.